0: 2022 was a very challenging and stressful year for all of us. In fact, the 2022 results of the Stress in America poll by American Psychological Association says Americans are worrying more than ever. According to the poll, stress and mental health statistics of U.S. residents are worsening, mostly due to a bundle of reasons. COVID-19, a rise in inflation, and global conflict are few. In fact, 87% of the respondents cited rising costs of day-to-day necessities like groceries, gasoline, and electricity to be a major source of stress. Hello and welcome to the Portfolio Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, John Bryson, Head of Investment Consulting and Education Savings at John Hancock Investment Management. As always, the goal of this podcast is to help investment professionals deliver better outcomes for their clients and their practice. Today, we're going to focus on their practice. So I thought it would be great to help focus on resiliency and energy management by bringing Gail Parsons, the founder and president of Lifecycle Focus, to the podcast. The Lifecycle Focus organization is a leadership development organization. Gail is an expert and a motivational speaker and is trained, has trained thousands of people over the past two decades to manage their stress better, to focus on resiliency, and deliver better outcomes in their personal and professional lives. Gail is known for her genuine conversational style, as well as her ability to personally connect with a group and bring out the best in people. Gail's fusion of down-to-earth antidotes, academic expertise, practical strategies, and humor have earned her quite a reputation as an engaging and effective speaker. Renowned organizations such as Harvard University, Bristol-Myers Squibb, GE, Blue Cross and Blue Shield, Abbott Laboratories, MIT, and Morgan Stanley have all partnered with Gail When they're looking for a dynamic, engaging keynote speaker. As a student, Gail earned her bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Rhode Island and her master's degree from Wheelock College in Boston. As a leadership expert, she has honed her coaching skills via decades of field experience and delivering thousands of training programs. As a mother and business owner, Gail has earned real-life experience parenting, three growing boys, and one successful business. Gail, I'm really excited to have you on the call today. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, John. It is great to be here.
0: In the financial services world, there's a lot of things we need to worry about. We need to worry about our own situation and our client situations. But let's start at a, at a, a professional level. What are some of the common misconceptions our culture has about balancing all the workloads and getting everything done that we need to get done?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I have countless conversations around this with individuals, and I think the biggest misconception is that we have the belief that in order to get all our work done, we need to work longer, work harder and work faster. right? And the truth is, there's no research anywhere that says that it actually brings us to a place of higher productivity. In fact, it brings us to a place of burnout, which is an incredibly popular topic these days. Where, you know, that means burnout is the depletion of mental and physical and emotional energy, right, without expected or real needs being met. So when we try to work really hard and just stay engaged and don't stop, we don't meet those needs. And eventually uh, we get to a place where we're, we're not that effective in any of our roles.
0: No, it's fascinating. You mentioned burnout. We see it in all these different industries, not just financial services. And Gail, you and I have talked. and in, in our conversations, one of the things that you've mentioned is that if we neglect the fuel side, if we don't fuel ourselves, eventually we run out of gas, right? and you're you're mentioning that right now. What yep. uh, do you have any advice on how we can take care of ourselves first? Because I think that's where it starts. If we don't take care of ourselves, how can we take care of others?
1: Right. Exactly. And so this is all about, self-awareness right it's sort of thinking about okay how can i practice self-management you know what does that mean <laughs> that means okay what does a good day at work look like for me you know when i am really understanding when I'm, I'm i'm crushing it i'm really good at all my tasks i'm great at communication i'm having solid relationships with clients i'm getting things done when that happens What is at play? And it's being more self-aware around that. You know, there's this fascinating research around energy management, right? So I'm often asked to come in and talk about time management. You know, hey, Gail, tell us, how can we cram more into our day? And that's not what this is about. If we're trying to be more productive, we first have to pay attention to our energy level. So when we, you know, uh, Tony Schwartz, Jim Lower out of there, uh, they have a book called The Power of Full Engagement. They talk all about the key to having high resilience is actually managing our emotional state, because how you feel is going to dictate your physical, mental and spiritual state. So if I'm feeling negative, if I have sort of if I'm coming from a place of fear or anger or defensiveness, or I'm just completely exhausted, <laughs> defeated if I'm feeling those things, that's not gonna lead me to a place where I'm invigorated and I'm productive and I'm challenged. But the problem is so often we kind of hang out in these places of negativity and just feeling completely exhausted. And our belief is I can't stop because I've got too much to do. Eventually we burn out. We don't get to the place where we're productive. The big you know, shift in this thinking is if I wanna be at my personal best, If I actually want to feel good about my day, I have to make sure I spend time in renewal. You know, and and you alluded to this example, I say all the time, like if I ever said to you, hey, I'm going to go for a really long road trip, but I absolutely do not have time to stop for gas. You would tell me that I was ridiculous. I wasn't going to get very far. And that's kind of what we do. We have so much to do and we play so many different roles that we're not aware of. Hold on. I need to stop because I'm actually not. That effective. So this is about examining the days that I am effective. What am I making sure as a priority? What is that? H- how am I managing that energy level? Now, you
0: know, is part of that yeah. focusing? Um, hey, I'm I'm more awake in the morning. And I have higher energy, so I want to h- handle certain um, components of my day then versus balancing out the rest of the day. And like, how 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 do you how do you coach people in that area?
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's both of that. Right. So we all have times of the day that we're, you know, we're strong. Right. So you, if you're a morning person, you're afternoon, you're late in the day. So the best that I can do, I want to schedule activities that require the most concentration during those times. However, you know, we know that's not always realistic. So this is about continually sort of coming back to baseline is what I call, right? So we feel stress during the day. We feel stress anytime we encounter a situation that we believe challenges our capacity to cope. Okay. So we feel that stress, we move into that stress response and sort of move, work through it. The problem is when we stay in that stress response and we never come back to baseline, you know, it's okay to feel stress as long as you recover. After a stressful event. So that could be, okay, I'm just going to take a few deep breaths because we know that counters the stress response. It could be, I am completely overwhelmed with everything I'm trying to do right now. I don't need, I can't even focus. So I need to step away or I am ruminating about something in my head and I'm really worried and anxious about it. Maybe I need to talk to somebody and get somebody else's perspective so that I can come back out of that. When we're in a stress response, right? We're emotional. Whenever we let emotion guide our response, that's when we tend to say or do something that we later regret. And so people who are resilient are aware of that. Like, hold on. yeah, I'm really angry right now. Or I'm really sort of resentful. I actually shouldn't do anything at this exact moment. I got to work through this emotion so that I can get to the place where I'm led by logic and strategy. So it's all day long, right? It's constantly checking in with ourselves, constantly I'm saying, hey, I just had a tough meeting. I just I just need a second or I'm feeling anxious going into this conversation. What am I telling myself about it? You know, and that's a big part of this is, you know, all day long, we tell ourselves a story about everything that happens. Well, we're the author of that story. So how is that story serving me? So if I'm checking in with myself throughout the day, like, yeah, okay, why do I believe this? How do I know this to be true? And maybe offering or examining a different perspective or getting somebody else's take on it can help a lot. And that's, that's an ongoing process, right? Every day. like how, how am I showing up?
0: So it's really interesting you talked about it. And, and as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about before COVID, um, I, I won't use myself as the only model for this, but I would work all day. Uh, go, 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 and then kind of blow off steam when I got home, right? So it was that one period of blowing off steam. I found during COVID, it was, I had breaks throughout the day. And whether I was intentional about it or not, I think I was blowing off steam throughout the day. Now I'm back in this rhythm of some days in the office, some days not. And I think I'm kind of struggling with which model am I following? And I need to be more aware of it. Are you telling people uh, when you're talking to, to folks about scheduling in more time throughout the day and if you've got competing priorities recognize it but space them out like what's your thoughts around that
1: yeah so it's a great point because i will say you know during the pandemic i was having so many conversations with individuals who were saying Oh, my gosh, my life was completely chaotic Like when everything stopped. And I actually had to really, as you said, I had more opportunity to to do a little renewal or self-care. People have told me I never want to forget this. When things get back to normal, I don't want to go back to that way of operating every day. So what this really is and is, you know, is looking at our routine. Right. All of us have a routine and we actually create our routine. So for a routine to, to be positive, it needs to create a recurring cycle of energy. And so when we step back and think about, all right, how do I you know, start my day? So I, you know, I've had so many conversations. One person in particular was just talking about how they start their day. The alarm clock goes off. It's their phone. They pick up their phone. Uh, they shut off the alarm clock. And then they jump into their calendar. They see what they've got going on. They check email. All of this before they've gotten out of bed. Right. Yeah,
0: that's exactly.
1: Yeah, and so I was talking to. This, I said, "Okay, how does that make you feel?" And as he said, "Awful, angry, frustrated, exhausted, and literally, the his feet haven't hit the floor yet." Like, okay, and you do that why? And he said, "Well, I do it because I'm trying to get a head start. I have so much going on." All right, what would you prefer to do? And he said, "Well, I would probably prefer to maybe go for a little walk. You know, be you know, my, get with my kids or getting ready for school." have something to eat, cup of coffee. So when I was working with him, like, you know what? Just do that, make that one shift in your routine. Now, if he were on this call right now, he'd say that was a complete game changer because what he learned, he wasn't saving any time. He sort of scheduled it so that he gave himself the fuel, right, to deal with that very hectic schedule and competing priorities. When he sat down to check email, he was ready for it. He was ready for the calendar. He wasn't getting ahead of the game by doing it before he even left his bedroom in the morning. So when we think about those behaviors through the day, do I have things implemented in that actually bring me again back to baseline? Whether it's making sure that I I set my alarm on my phone to go off every 90 minutes to just say, hey, you haven't moved in 90 minutes. Get up, move around, you know, sort of these Things that, if you've learned anything about, or if it just as you said, if we learn things about ourselves through the pandemic. How can I implement those to some extent in some way? Because that's when I'm operating better. That's when I just feel better about my day.
0: That's amazing. You just gave me two ideas to work on because I am literally what you described in the morning grabbing my phone checking it and then the dread that comes along with it. Yeah, you're saying yeah. don't start your day that way. Start your day with something energizing and then you can handle everything that comes your way because you're in the right mindset. That's that's fantastic. Yep. Um another thing I want to talk about uh, our our primary audience is financial advisors and one of the most important aspects in their role is nurturing client relationships, helping them through the highs and the lows. When financial advisors and investment professionals are meeting with clients, how can they improve their ability to be fully present and engaged and not worried about everything else that's on their to-do list?
1: Yes. So this takes practice, right? So this is about, you know, being in the moment, literally sort of stopping, stopping this idea of multitasking, right? So we're conditioned, we're taught to multitask that in that way, we're getting more done. You know, at the research points, otherwise, multitasking, all that is, is we're just switching back and forth between tasks, we're not actually doing two things at the same time. So when we're with clients and, you know, as you said, some of these difficult, stressful conversations, it's how can I be here right now? How can I truly listen to what my client is saying to me? So listening is actually an active activity. It's not passive and we're so, you know, we're so tempted to listen in order to respond. But the truth is when we're just quiet and we just let somebody talk about what they're feeling, thinking, fears, all of those emotions that go along with it, that's when trust is cultivated. That's how we trust one another. So, you know, think about this. When you have a problem, when you're stressed about someone, who, something, who do you choose to talk to? And why do you choose that person? Chances are we choose this person because they truly listen. They ask questions to make sure that they understand that they allow just some space and we're busy, right? This is we've got a lot to do. And throughout the day, we're always looking to take some shortcuts to save time. And unfortunately, that shortcut is often around communication. That is the worst place to take a shortcut, right? I think it, I think it's a Stephen Covey quote is, you know, you can't be efficient with relationships. So slow it all down. Be right in the moment. You know, I, this whole idea of mindfulness, which is this is so much research out there, which mindfulness just means the direct intuitive knowing of what you're doing while you're doing it. Right. And so it's most of us in any given moment are either reliving what already happened or rehearsing what's coming, which means we're not actually experiencing the only thing that's guaranteed, which is that present moment. So nothing feels better when you know someone is truly listening to you. So, you know, my my thought on this is that, you know, just slowing it all down. Even though, right, I can't, I've got so much to do. When you slow it down, everything else gets easier when we put the time into the right place, which certainly is cultivating and building relationships.
0: That's great. Um, kind of building on that, a lot of what uh, we do as investment professionals is help our clients. How can we kind of pass on what you're sharing with us to our clients? How can a financial professional coach their clients to be um focused on re-energizing and being more resilient?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that has to do with being authentic, right? And being real and sharing maybe some personal examples and what we've all learned, you know, even just the story you said of what you learned about yourself during the pandemic, you know, and, and having those conversations and reminding, right? So this is the thing, it's about control. You know, as humans, we have this innate need to feel in control. And whenever we believe we don't have control, that's when our stress and anxiety rises. So sometimes this is about, you know, bringing it back and asking, okay, we can't control ABC, but what can we control about this situation? You know, what are some of those things just sort of putting putting us back in the driver's seat? Because, again, when we feel like I don't know what to do or I don't feel like I can influence the situation, we always have choices, right, in our behavior. We always, you know, as I said earlier, that examining that self-talk, you know, it comes down to, okay, you know, My thoughts are going to create my feelings. My feelings impact my behavior. So we want to go out and have conversations and examine what are my thoughts around this? So if we're going to help our clients, I think it's getting at some of that and reminding, you know, we can wish and wish about the things that we can't control. Those things are never going to respond to all of that effort that we're putting into it. You know, and I think just even having this honest conversation where that is uh, a lot of listening a lot of clarifying, a lot of just being in the moment, that right there is modeling resiliency. That right there is sort of taking some of the um, stress and, and giving an opportunity to talk about it. You know, I sometimes say, uh, it's a, a mantra that I love, is if it's mentionable, it's manageable. All right, so if we talk about things, we take the power out of it. It's not, you know, we sort of make it so it's something that we can cope with by just giving people the opportunity to talk about what's what's the stressor.
0: I love that comment if it's if it's mentionable it's manageable and i i find my conversations with my friends like lifelong friends uh we are more open now we're going through the same challenges in life the same highs the same lows and the conversation i'm finding more and more valuable but i never put it in those terms that's really really insightful
1: you Um, know i think that is a quote from i think it's fred rogers remember mr rogers (laughs) oh yeah
0: oh yeah with the sweater yeah
1: and i love it because it's so true
0: it's so true that's great Nice. All right, I have a, I have a couple more questions and and, and I want to recap a little bit just to make sure as I take my own personal notes I'm getting as much out of this as possible because I'm getting a ton. Um kind of drilling down into like like um It's not about working harder and longer. It's about starting with energy and re-energizing along the way. That's going to lead to resiliency. It's about slowing down in the appropriate moments and listening, reflecting on what you're feeling, what you're thinking, because that's going to drive your behavior. So all those things make a lot of sense. And then when we transfer it to the client level, not only should we be listening, but we should be real and share our true authentic selves with our clients because that's going to help them. It's going to build a relationship and help manage the stress on both sides, to be honest with you. Have I I missed anything so far, anything critical that you've shared so far?
1: No, I I think you've got it. And I think really what we're talking about is trust, right? We certainly want trust with, with our clients, you know, Trust, and you alluded to it with all with your stats at the beginning about, you know, how high our stress levels are. We don't trust anybody, right? And so we're not trusting our neighbors, our politicians, our employers, like all of that. But every relationship we have in life is is based on trust. And so, you know, that's nourishing that. And that's that putting, you know, the time in that you're worth talking to. You're worth sort of me taking the time to understand what's going on with you. Um, you know, that's key in in a a client relationship.
0: That's really, uh, trust is so key. We talk about it all the time, but you're bringing it down to a level of how do you make trust more actionable? Um, Let me ask you this. Um, I think everything's easy when you're talking on a podcast saying, hey, I can do all these things, that makes sense. But, you know, the real world comes in fast, right? We've got all this stuff competing for our time. We've got noise, the news, the economy, world events, uh, everything's, you know, in that category is pretty much out of our control. You know, how do we kind of keep that at bay? What are some of your best tips to block out the noise and really focus on what we can control?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, this is something that we, we do control that some of this noise, and this has a lot to do Um, with uh, social media and sort of where we get our news and how we get our news. This is just being more aware of, all right, you know what? I don't need to have a notification going off on my phone every 10 minutes because what does it do to me? That's the question. Like, does this, you know, impact my day in a good way or a bad way? Does it distract me for what I'm doing? I want to be the one deciding when I let information in and how I let information in. It's not, you know, just whatever comes my way. It's being more in the, you know, the driver's seat around that. So whether it's, you know, intentionally choosing where I get my information, who I talk to, what is going to, you know, interrupt me during the day. You know, I have a whole thing on digital wellness, right? Sort of which is basically are my tech habits adding or detracting from my day. So that's what this is is, you know, okay, again, we got to think about control when I get news, how I get news, and then when I hear it and I know about it is disturbing, again, can I control the event? If I can't, then how am I going to show up for it? And how, you know, what's my attitude going to be about this? You know, when we we look at people who are optimists versus pessimists, right, being an optimist does not mean that you pretend that there aren't any problems in the world, right? Being an optimist means, okay, you know, when things don't go our way, right, we say things like, you know, I I wish this didn't happen, but it did. So what am I going to do about it? What can I learn from this? What can I take from this experience? That's what it means to be an optimist. So we have that opportunity every single day with everything that's going on.
0: That's really great. I wrote down, I decide, because I really like the fact that I decide what grabs my attention, right? And, yeah. and I don't know the stats perfectly, but I shared this one with my kids. Uh, essentially, um, you get dumber the closer the phone is to you. If the phone yeah. is on your table and the screen is up, you're at a certain level of smart. You get a little bit dumber if you turn the uh, – You get sorry, you get a little bit smarter if you turn the phone, for, phone over. And you get even smarter if you move it to the uh, – An opposite room, like you retain more as you're studying, and and it's and and it's just fascinating. Those little things can make a big difference.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. It it it, it's so you know technology is can be amazing, and we just but we control it. That's the part that we have to remember.
0: We control it, and then we can also tell our friends and family. I might not respond immediately because I have to control what I'm focused on at that in that window, right? Yeah, that type of thing. Um, Absolutely. The 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 last thing I want to hear from you because we could talk all day and you've given a ton of really good tangible ideas. Um, we when it comes down to it, it's stress management and it's resiliency. What are some of the key takeaways? Either things you've already said you want to stress, or anything you haven't hit that people can do right now to improve their
1: resiliency? Yeah, so I think I think a myth that that around improving our resiliency, the myth is that it takes a lot of time. It doesn't. This does not take a lot of time. So I will tell you often in classes, I will say to people, okay, if at the end of this class, you need to do something that feels good, that feels like a renewal, that actually fuels you in some way, what would you do? And John, the answers are always incredibly simple. It is, oh, I'd go outside for five minutes. I'd just sit here and breathe. I would go for a walk. I'd call my sister. You know, it's these very... Simple, simple things. It's not about, oh, I can only do renewal when I'm on my yearly vacation. It's not true. So it's deciding how would you answer that question right now for all the listeners of this? What would you do right now that was some level of self care? And just do it. Give yourself five minutes to do it. I promise you, you come back at any problem that you're dealing with with a completely different perspective. It's really simple stuff. Nobody ever says, "Oh, I want to go on a two-week vacation." As you know, sure that would be great, but that's not what people say when they are given an opportunity during the day. What would I do for the next ten minutes? That's that's the takeaway. So just do it. I, I think the question to ask every morning is, "What do I need today?" Not who needs what from me, but what do I need today? That's it. And, and understanding that when I respond to that, when I actually make that part of my day, everybody in my world benefits from it. I know that I'm much better at my job, my relationships. I'm a mom. I'm a much better mom when those things are at play. So it, it's not about feeling guilt. It's just like this is what's necessary in order to, to you know, show up as our best self
0: that's great. I kind of think of it like I can work for 10 straight hours at a at a 3 out of 10 or I can work on my energy and throughout those 10 hours uh, I'm going to be delivering on average a 7, 8 or a 9 because I've taken the time to to keep my energy up, focus on what I can control, take timeouts when I need it, call a friend if I need a boost, right? Or or yeah. or just go for a short walk or play with the dog. So many little easy things we can do to keep our energy up. And if our energy's up, we can be much more resilient in times of stress.
1: You got it. Yes.
0: I love it. Gail, this was fascinating. Like I said, we could talk all day. I think we're going to have you back if you're open to it, because we love talking about these things. If we can help our clients uh, grow their business, manage their business better, it's always useful. So I'd love it if you can join us sometime in the future.
1: That would be great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You got it. Thanks, Gail. Folks, if you want to hear more, please subscribe to the Portfolio Intelligence Podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts, or visit our website, jhinvestments.com, to catch up on the most recent ideas that we have around improving your portfolio outcomes and your business. Thanks for listening to the show, everyone. This podcast is being brought to you by John Hancock Investment Management Distributors, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker, are subject to change as market and other conditions warrant, and do not constitute investment advice or a recommendation regarding any specific product or security. There is no guarantee that any investment strategy discussed will be successful or achieve any particular level of results. Any economic or market performance information is historical and is not indicative of future results and no forecasts are guaranteed. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. John Hancock Investment Management is not affiliated with Gail Parsons or Lifecycle Focus.